0: This message by Pastor Alexander Ruggieri was delivered at Faith Fellowship Church in Dodgeville, Wisconsin. For more information, please call 608-935-2655 or visit us at www.dodgevilleffc.com. from Brother Ron about God's creation. And God knew what He was doing when He created the human body. He knew that I would need eyes to see. He knew that I would need ears to hear. He knew that I would need a nose to smell. Even He knew that I would need a ribcage to protect the vital organs inside of me. He knew that I would need legs to be able to get around, hands to be able to work. And He also knew that when He created me, He needed to make my feet the farthest part from my head, because I do not like my feet. I know that they're practical, they're needed, they're necessary, but I don't like them. Now, when we think of Jesus Christ, we tend to get kind of lost in the epistle depiction of Christ with this ethereal picture of Christ in Christ in the heavenlies, and we Often need a reminder that Jesus Christ um, took on flesh. And today he has a human body in heaven. And that means Jesus Christ has feet. I don't think any of us, if any of us, have given thought to the feet of Jesus Christ. When he walked this earth, he was in a climate that was a very dusty climate. And people in that time and, and Part of the world wore sandals, and so often the dust would cling to the feet of Christ. And no doubt, I mean, Jesus did a lot of walking in His earthly ministry, and the climate is a very hot climate, and so no doubt there would have been sweat that came onto Jesus' feet. And no doubt that sweat would have mingled with the dust which was clinging to His feet and created a sort of grime that would have been rather unpleasant we don't kind of think about these things but what we just read earlier is how someone paid attention to the feet of Jesus Christ in fact was so moved by the feet of Jesus Christ that they were moved she was moved to tears it showed that she loved god she loved christ And that's going to be the message that the Lord laid on my heart. Do we love Jesus Christ? We do focus a lot on the concept of God's love toward us. We do focus a lot on how God so loved the world, and God loves us, and and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan, and God loves the world, every person He created. But sometimes I think we forget that there's also this command in Scripture for us to love God. Somebody came to Jesus once and asked him in essence what is the chief end of man? He asked, what is the greatest commandment what is the big the, the top thing that we are supposed to do? what is the chief end of man our purpose and interestingly Christ did not say it is to glorify God and enjoy him forever though that is a chief end of man. But he looked at the man who asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. We're called to love God. So the question is, do you love God? Do you love Jesus Christ? Certainly, we love God because He first loved us, but do you love God? If anyone here has been born again of the Holy Spirit, for sure we love God. He has saved us, He's poured His love inside of us when He took us out of darkness into His light, when He gave us His Holy Spirit, who bears the fruit, which is the love of God. So the question therein how much? How much do we love God? Do we love God much? Or do we love Him little? That's the point that Christ was drawing out at this interesting dinner party. The dinner party started where a Pharisee invited Christ to come over for a meal. And Christ opened to an invitation to be able to teach Somebody about the truth of God accepted the invitation, and the day came when he went to the Pharisee's house, whose name was Simon. The Pharisee invited Christ in. Now, normally in this culture, it's customary that when you invite somebody to your house, you provide with them a bowl of water, with which they may wash their feet. Or, if you were more wealthy and owned a servant, you would have your servant go and fetch water to wash the feet of your guest. This host offered no water for his guest. It was also customary that when you invited somebody over to your home, that you would greet them with a kiss. It seems strange in our American culture, but... Um, You could think of it similarly to what the Italians have seemed to preserve for a long time. You know, when they see somebody they know, they go, hey, how's it going? Kiss each side of the head. It was a sign of endearment and and welcoming. Well, this host offered no kiss for his guest. It was also customary in this culture that when they came in, you would offer them some basic oil, olive oil, to anoint their head. Because no doubt the hair would have been very um, dusty and, and, and crusty, and so you'd you'd offer them oil, and they pour it on their head, and it would be refreshing to the guest. Well, this host offered no oil for his guest. As Jesus will draw out, it was evident that this host loved him little, if at all. But then there was this woman in the city who was a sinner. We don't know what sin she was engaged in, but it was, may have been prostitution. We don't know. What we do know is that she was far from God in her life. But she heard that Jesus was in the city, And she had heard that Jesus was one who heals. And Jesus is one who shows mercy. And Jesus is one who helps. And Jesus is one who shows compassion. And she's dealing with a guilt thing going on in her heart. And all she wants to do is be where He is. And seek Him out. How many women out there today are struggling and need to seek out the Lord? And we can bring them to Him. So, she invites herself to this dinner party. The dinner party would have been a public event. To some extent, there was a crowd there. She came in. Now, Jesus, when He came and reclined at the table, it would not have been in our time, we have a table with chairs that people sit at. In this culture, the way you recline at a table is that you have a table set up, but then there's this couch system around the table. And when you recline at the table, you kind of have your left arm propping your body up. Your right arm is partaking of the meal and your feet are extended behind you. So this woman walks in and there are the people at the table and she walks behind the feet of Jesus Christ. And she looks at the feet of Jesus Christ and she sees something. She notices that his feet have not been washed. And she probably thinks something to the effect of Now, isn't this a sight? Here is this holy man of God who has done nothing wrong. Here is this holy man of God who is pure. Here is this holy man of God who is good. And the dust of this earth has dirtied His feet. And here I am, a sinful woman of this world. Here I am, having lived a life far from God, rebelling against Him, with my attire all nice and my hair done up, and as she thinks of these thoughts of how, no, it doesn't deserve to be on His feet. It deserves to be on me. He's not the dirty one. I am the dirty one. As the tears well up in her eyes and she thinks about this and thinks about her sin, thinks about His mercy, they they form in her eyes and they start falling on her feet. And as they fall on her feet, the tears mix with the dust and the grime forming a mud. And she thinks of the mud and she says, I'm going to wipe this off. She takes out She undoes her hair, takes the covering off, lets her hair fall freely, which was unthinkable in this culture. A woman would not uncover her head unless in the presence of her husband alone. And so she lets her hair fall out, and it comes over his feet, and she takes her hair, and she starts wiping the mud off his feet onto her hair. Overwhelmed, she starts kissing his feet, the pure feet of Jesus Christ. And then she remembers in her head that she had that vial of uh, uh, fragrant oil that women would often carry around their necks in this culture. And perhaps she purchased this expensive oil with her sinful lifestyle. And there it was around her neck, and she said, I don't deserve this. This is not going to make me pure. It is His. She takes it open. She pours it on His feet. And I can imagine in that scene, there's pin-drop silence. Silence. And the host sees this. He doesn't say a word. He thinks in his mind, this woman, who does she think she is? She's a vile woman. If this man were really a prophet, he would know what kind of a woman she is and would not allow her to touch him. Ironically, Jesus... Proving that he is a prophet, knew what he thought in his mind, and said to him, Simon, I have a question for you. And the host said, Teacher, say it. He said, there was a creditor and two debtors. One owed 50 denarii, which a denarii is equivalent to a day's wage. 50 days of work he owed. And then there was another debtor who owed 500 denarii, which would have been 50 days, uh, 500 days wage. And he said, both of them could not pay. The creditor forgave them both. Simon, who loves more? Simon looked and said, I suppose the one who owed more. Jesus looked at him square in the face and said, you have rightly judged. Look at this woman. I came here. You gave me no water from my feet. She is wiping my feet with the tears of her eyes and her hair. I came here. You offered me no kiss. And she has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came here. I came here, you offered me no oil for my head, and she has given her fragrant, expensive oil for my feet. Simon, your sins are forgiven. She has loved much. The one who has been forgiven of little, loves little. And he looked at the woman and he said, your sins are forgiven you. The people grumble. He says, go in peace. Your faith has saved you." Do we love Christ? And if we do, do we love him much, or do we love him little? Did you notice something? The first thing is that you notice how she wiped His feet with her tears. Why was she crying? Look there in verse 44. He turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. The person who loves Christ much understands who they are in light of who He is. Why does it seem like the world has very little love for Jesus Christ? It is because the world, for the most part, has not realized who they are in light of who God is. The world has not realized that they are sinners and that they need salvation. The world has not been exposed to the vileness of their own heart, the dirt and the caked-on mud of their own soul. The Pharisee was comparing himself to the sinful woman. The woman was comparing herself to the perfect Jesus Christ. And it brought her to tears. And the person who loves Christ much looks to Jesus as a standard, sees their own need, and is moved by the fact that he, despite that, is willing to forgive. Imagine you were a football coach. And you made the decision that no matter what, you're going to win every game. And so, being a football coach of high school age children, you just des- you decide that you're only going to play against football teams of elementary school children. And you win. Every single game you play, you win. You get the trophies. You get the medallions. You get the fame. But then the final... Uh, A game comes forward, and you decide you're going to play, and who shows up but a pro NFL team? And you realize the tables are turned. I won't tell you which one. So often, our love is defined by how we're comparing ourselves to the one who is lesser. See, we love more, see? Look at this person. They're living a sinful lifestyle. or not. I think the person who loves Christ much is one who looks at Jesus and says, there is fault in me. I need his forgiveness. And then when I look at somebody who is sinful, my desire is to take them and to bring them to Christ. Not to compare myself to them so I come out on top. Did you notice how she cried over his feet? Have you, have I been affected by the fact that we are sinners? It's not so much do you owe 50 or 500 denarii, it's the fact that you can't pay. Both these debtors could not pay. And the creditor showed mercy. The second thing she does to show her great love for Christ is that she continues in her love for Christ. Do you notice that in verse 45? He said to the Pharisee, You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. One evidence of that we love Christ much is that we continue in our love for Christ. It's not just a one-time thing that happened at some point in our lives, but daily, moment by moment, we are seeking to kiss the feet of our Savior. We're seeking to continue in our love for Him, to grow in our relationship with Him, that it is a present thing. Remember, last few weeks, we're talking about how grace of God is for today. It's not just something in the past or the future. It's for today. We are called to serve Christ and love Him today and tomorrow and the next day. She just didn't want to cease to kiss His feet. And the Pharisee didn't even give that one kiss. Are we... Today, continuing in our relationship with Christ, do we love Him despite what happens, despite what goes on? Is our love growing? It's like the dog that the cruel master owned, and the cruel master would kick the dog and beat the dog and starve the dog, but every single day the master came out of his house, the dog was there with a wagging tail wanting to please the master. And the master would starve the dog and beat the dog around. But the next day, the dog was there at the door ready to please the master. And if a dog can love a Master that's cruel every single day, no matter what the Master does, how much more should we as believers in Jesus Christ love our God who is good and treats us with benevolence and cares about us and wants the best for us? How much more should we desire to serve Him daily, desire to follow Him daily? We love because he first loved us. Do we love him continually? How is our t- relationship with Christ today? Are we serving him today? Are we serving him? Are we planning on serving him tomorrow? Are we planning on doing his will? The third thing she does to show that she has a great love for Christ is that she sacrifices what she has for him. In verse 46, he says, You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. She took some precious possession of hers and sacrificed it for him. And somebody who loves Christ much does not see anything that they own or any bit of who they are as their own, but sees it as giving over and for the purpose of Christ, our possessions, our time, our energy. We, like a vial, break open and pour at His feet. They are for His service, His purposes. Are we sacrificing our time to be with Him in prayer, in His Word? Are we sacrificing our resources to further His kingdom in the local church and abroad? Are we sacrificing our energy to see the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ, God's people, to serve them? Are we sacrificing our energy to bring this message of salvation from eternity in hell to eternity in heaven to those who need it? Are we sacrificing our time to undo society's evils in tangible, concrete ways. Or are we holding on to our fragrant oil? And using it only as our, our faith in Christ, something that improves us and makes us smell better. Like a fragrant oil. Brothers and sisters, we want to love Christ much. We want Faith Fellowship Church to be a Christ loving body. And I'm praising Him that there is that love here. This message speaks to me that if there's a scale of little to more, we want to go that way to more. Amen? So the question is, have we realized who we are in light of who He is? Willing enough to cry over His feet and wipe them with our hair? Do we love Christ enough that we are going to continue to serve Him, continue to kiss His feet, continue to follow Him, continue to be a part of His kingdom-growing process? Do we love Christ enough that nothing we see in our ownership is our own, but His and for His services and for His purposes? That will determine whether we love Christ little or love Him much. Have your sins been forgiven? That's a question that comes out in verse 48. He looks to her and says, your sins are forgiven. Have our sins been forgiven? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? Christ Himself came to dirty His feet to take your and my dirty heart and make it clean. Has His grace touched us? His forgiveness been extended? If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, as Christ himself said, your faith has saved you. Now that faith is a working faith, mind you. But it is a faith that is in the one who forgives. If you trust in Jesus, Christ himself will look at you and he will say, go in peace. Go do my will in peace with me. And that is a way we love Christ much. Amen? Father in heaven, I thank you so much for your love for us, but then the way that your love moves in us, that we love you. I pray, Father, for all of us here this morning. I know each of us can grow in our love for you. I know I can grow in my love for you. And I pray, Father, that you would show us those things we need to give over and show us how we can even adore and cherish your very feet, how much more you as a whole. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.